Comics in the combat zone. Comics in the combat zone. Usually we make you laugh, but now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Comics in the Combat Zone. We are here talking CZW March Violence. I'm Jordan Ducharme. And I'm Ben Stad. And uh, we are in Sewall, Sewall, New Jersey. Sewall? Sewall. Sewall. I feel like we need a New Jersey accent to pronounce it correctly. No, Jersey. Yeah. Sewall. Sewall. Yeah. But we've seen this arena before. This is the one with the cage around the exterior. Uh, and it's got, it, like, I feel like it's a hockey rink normally. But yeah, probably. For, for this show, it's wrestling. Yeah, I like, I like the cage. It adds a bit of danger. Yeah, totally. Different from the, the, the regular CCW arena we're used to uh, in Mantua, which I also can't pronounce. Mantua. Hey. <laughs> I'm in fucking Mantua. I'm wrestling over here. <laughs> uh, the show begins with, like, I mean, I know we always go on about the production like it's the worst thing ever, but this might be the worst camera view we've ever seen in CCW. It's clearly being recorded from some sort of bird's nest above the crowd. Yeah. Where it's meant to be like a hard cam, like we see in WWE, but it does. They don't have a tripod, obviously. So it's just like a shaky, like a mild earthquake is going on throughout this entire show. Yeah, the it's a very Blair Witch Project uh, episode of CZW that we've got here, <laughs> and like the quality is very bad. Yeah, like, as, as per, but yeah, when it's when it's zoomed out. That unlike a hard cam, it looks even more smeared in Vaseline for sure. Well, and and this is what like a two hour forty two minute show. Like yeah, Christ. Yeah, I was really upset when I saw that run. <laughs> I was like, should we do this podcast anymore? But it's one of those where you'll uh, you'll watch it for like twenty minutes and forget how bad the production is, and then when you go back and put it back on, you're like, oh man, that's like the worst thing I've ever seen. It just looks so unimpressively bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When yeah. you see anything else. <laughs> Any other video, you go back and you're like, I cannot go back to this. Yeah, yeah. If you hate Monday Night Raw, just watch this show beforehand and maybe it'll make you appreciate Monday Night Raw. But uh, the show begins with the ring announcer coming out and he's in his full, like, tuxedo uh, attire. And then some, like, douchebag guy with just a random t-shirt and sunglasses, like, budges in front of him. And they're doing this sort of odd couple thing where, like, oh, who's the real ring announcer? Is it the cool guy or is it the classic tuxedo guy? No one cares. The crowd is almost as hostile as they were last week. They just hate everybody. And they're also better, like, they're mic'd better than the actual microphones being used in the ring. So you can hear just all the cutting insults from the individual drunks in the CZW audience. Yeah. You can't actually hear what the announcer's trying to say. It's, it's super weird. It's like the, they've got a setting on the audio that just picks up background audio. Like, <laughs> the reverse of what you want. Because the crowd always comes through crystal clear, mm -hmm. much to the, like... Unfortunately, when they're chanting everything, you can really hear it. Um, but yeah, the the refs and the wrestlers never come through well. Yeah, I've actually done a comedy show once where the, uh, the guy the guy running it had the idea to we'll put a mic in the back because then we'll catch all the like audience laughter and stuff. And all you hear are the people like least interested in the show being like, "This guy's not even fucking funny." <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that. I mean, fair play, they want to get the laughter, but just put canned laughter on it. Don't put it in the back, because that's where the disinterested people are. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in CZW, it feels like they're all disinterested. I don't know how they draw <laughs> yeah. a crowd. It feels like they're just here to hate people. And 
to, not to blame them. I mean, CCW is offering this like announcer bullshit off the top. So the guy and the blazer walks outside, goes back up the ramp, pulls out this giant red gift box. Like he's got something for the actual straight man announcer. Um, and he pulls out the same t-shirt blazer thing that he's wearing to give to the other ring announcer. And the ring announcer's like, I'm not wearing that or whatever. And then out of nowhere, hero of the show, Wife Beater, appears and just kills both these guys. And and it was awesome. And then yeah. Mac, Max Max starts cutting a promo. Uh, and you can't understand him, but it's just all great. Yeah, definitely. It's the only time I've been like, oh, thank God a, a Wife Beater has shown up. <laughs> yeah. like, it might be the only time anyone's ever said that. But yeah, when he turns up and he kicks some ass... You know, it made me love Wife Beater even more. Yeah, and there's Slating Zandig uh, talking about just for basically furthering their feud from what I picked up. The only audible line I heard was Wife Beater saying, I hear he likes cheese. Well, he can suck my nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does an awful, <clears throat> a really bad joke or something about, like, he, he can eat my... Uh, dick cheese yeah um, my knob cheese clearly uncircumcised it yeah makes me feel closer to him <laughs> as an uncut as an uncut uh, yeah he's an uncut king yeah <laughs> although on this podcast we support cut and uncut kings yeah, like, yeah, yeah. either or yeah um, but yeah both just leave and then the, the regular announcer just recovers and re-enters because I think they realize like, oh he's got to actually announce this show uh, and he's about to bring it out when Dewey Donovan uh, interrupts. He comes out, grabs a microphone. He's immediately drowned out by the much louder audience. Uh, I hear him like talking about how he's never, you're never going to see me wrestle again. But he's like wearing a referee shirt. Like none of this makes sense at all. Also, it's when I notice Hat Guy here back again. And him and Dewey Donovan have this weird sort of ongoing feud. Very strange. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously this is before like social media and all that. So Hat Guy's probably managed to carve out a niche of popularity so maybe starting heat with him is the way <laughs> Jimmy Donovan's like this is my meal ticket yeah absolutely and then we get Team Softcore introduced which you remember is Nick Burke Trent Acid and this new guy Ty Street and they actually come out with brooms because in that giant gift box it was full of confetti and got it all over the ring so they actually start sweeping it up and I'm just watching this faction. I know I said it last week, but how is Nick Burke the leader of a faction? He's so lame. He's a dealer, 100%. He gives <laughs> Zandig some steroids or something. He looks after him. But he doesn't have a body at all. Maybe he's the weed well, dealer. You, don't don't touch your own, you never touch your own product, <laughs> do you? So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, don't dip into your own supply. Exactly. Not uh, especially when you're supplying Zandig, because he probably would brain bust at you. <laughs> and uh, Trent Acid start cut, starts cutting a promo on the crowd, basically, as the other two are sweeping. And this is where we saw it pain in the rain a bit, but it's like the heavy male influence of the audience fucking hate this guy. And they're chanting just the worst, like, chance I won't repeat at Trent yep. Acid. But meanwhile, the, there's this weird female contingent in the audience, and you only hear them when Trent Acid's there. It's almost like they're piped in, because uh, they love him, and it makes the guys that hate him so much angrier. So yeah, it's like when a dude's watching like watching a TV show, and then like a hot guy comes on, his wife, and they're like, leave me, this is my story. <laughs> this is my TV show. You don't just come in here to see... Chris Hemsworth or sexy I don't know yeah who's sexy Trent yeah. Acid he's the hero of the show and the guy's like I bet that guy's gay actually yeah he <laughs> won't he won't touch your pussy yeah. <laughs> um, and then out come the Cashmarinos who I guess are like the baby faces in this situation now because softcore is clearly like the the heels and, and they come out in full sailor sail, sailor regalia sailor, yeah 
to the YMCA. It's a weird word. And they come out to the YMCA music, which is like, all right, I guess we're just back to them being, you know, that's their gimmick. Uh, and almost like looking for the crowd to, to sort of chant at them. And instead, instead of chanting a slur, the crowd just chants, you all suck at them. <laughs> which yeah, I don't, I don't I mean, know if I've heard that outside of CZW. No, it's pretty impressive. I, I, I mean, for the, at the very least, they've come out to a gay song at last. Yes, Because like before, Mambo Number no. 5, obviously we've discussed about having sex with women. YMCA, you know, got ties to it's the It's a gay community. anthem. Yeah, it is a gay anthem. Yeah. Um, and maybe these guys started that. <laughs> but it's so, it's so, like, their whole gimmick is they're meant to be confused for being, like, the fans think they're gay, but they're not gay. And now it feels like the baby first t- turn is like, no, we are gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I, maybe it's progressive. Maybe that actually these are the heroes we needed. All well, we along. saw their dad accept them a few weeks ago. Yeah, so exactly. It's yeah. been an interesting arc. No place for toxic masculinity in CDW. <laughs> Uh, you say that now. We have a segment coming up that's like, yeesh. But uh, the, we get our first match of the night tonight. The Cashmarino Bros, who have recently lost their titles, if you remember, uh, against Ty Street and Nick Burke. So Trent Acid sitting this one out. Uh, and yeah, like I have to say, the Cashmarinos are also playing babyface in the match. It starts with like fast-paced dual tandem offense, which looks really good. And, and Dewey Donovan, he never went to the back here. He is actually the referee, which is... It's just sort of weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I don't know. It's very. I guess we know the answer to. You'll never see me wrestle again. It's like, well, you'll see me referee again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I was comparing Ty Street to Scott Steiner last week. He actually puts in the Steiner recliner here. So I'm like, I feel like that's what he's going for. I think, yeah. I think he's just a short, a small guy who wants to be as juiced up as Scott Steiner was in the year 2000. Yeah, I think most most wrestlers like in more, you know, in Mortal Kombat, they used to to fill the roster. They just make another character and give them another move set or a street <laughs> fire. That's what they've done in CZW where you've got sort of a lookalike who does the same moves, the roster, nothing of their own. Yeah, it's like Smash Bros. He's another Fire Emblem character yeah, exactly. here entering yeah. the, the fray. Um, so Acid actually distracts the Casuarino bros. They pull him up into the ring and punch him, but then both of the bros are hit with tandem Death Valley drivers by Nick Burke and Ty Street. Then Acid jumps in to continue the, the attack and the ref just calls for the DQ at 3 minutes and 36 seconds. And you know, like if you listen to the first episodes of this show, we used to complain like, why aren't there rules? Why yeah. are they? Why can people just use weapons? And the, the ref would yell at them, but nothing happens, you know. But now I'm like, they feel like a decision was made in the last couple of shows that DQs are going to happen now, and we've seen a million of them. Yeah, because I feel I don't know. I guess with a promotion like this, you you've got a lot of personalities, and there's no like no one can really take control. Like I guess Andy's got some control over it but I think a lot of the dudes would have just been like well I'm not losing tonight and it's like well I <laughs> yeah. guess we'll just have to do a DQ for every match then completely yeah, we wouldn't want the Thai street to take a loss here so we, no, we don't do want to go DQ. into ECW or, or WCW <laughs> or XXCW or whatever it was called yeah uh, and then they continue the beatdown when White Lotus makes the save. And I have written here, this actually makes sense, CCW. Yeah. I mean, the betrayal last week didn't make sense. Trent Acid being in this terrible faction doesn't make sense. But he turned on White Lotus, and now White Lotus comes to make the save. And that leads right into our second match, White Lotus versus Trent Acid. I actually was sort of pumped for this one. Yeah, I mean, they're both decent wrestlers. Like, Trent, Trent Acid is a good wrestler, and so is White Lotus. And like you said, the for the first time... In a long time, the booking makes sense. There's a bit of storytelling, so 
What if, yeah. what if White Lotus came out and just joined Softcore and started beating that up the Cash Marino? Yeah, or joined the Cash He's like, I'm actually a third Cash Marino yeah. brother. I'm also gay. <laughs> I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He came out to live in a Vida Loca. They, they didn't think it was gay back then, but... It was. It was, yeah. <laughs> so they're super fast out of the gate, and the, the, <laughs> the match starts outside brawling, and it's awesome. Like, they're just going through the crowd. At one point, you can see Trent Acid is trying to walk away from Lotus, and Lotus just throws a chair at him, and it hits him in the back. Yeah, it's great. It's comedy gold. It's it's awesome. And because we talked about how there's this cage around the whole arena, they actually go through a door that looks like it's going to be the exit, and then pop out on the other side of the cage, and there's like a trailer there. It looks yeah. like a trailer, like a giant white box that they ask, actually wrestle on top of. And it all leads to a White Lotus doing a moonsault off the top onto Trent Acid and his boys. It, this is great. It's all great. Yeah, it's really, really good. I mean, this is where the camera angle really does let it down, though, because you, can bear, you can't really see much from yeah, what's absolutely. going on because the crowd's getting in the way. But yeah, it is funny when they go around the corner. There's just like a trail of dudes just <laughs> following them. Yeah, like the it's audience. like the worst conga line ever. Mm. That's always though. I've always thought that when I was a kid, you know, when like the wrestlers would be out in the concession stand. Yeah, I'm like, man, if I was there, I'd just run over to the concession stand. <laughs> yeah, I'd wait. At the, I mean, I'd be waiting at the concession stand anyway. I'm a big boy. <laughs> yeah, you know, just yeah. fingers crossed. If I get a wrestling and a hot dog, then mm. awesome. Get yeah, one of those twelve dollar hot dogs. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, after the dive, we get a big, big CZW chant. Uh, the the brawl outside is just uh, from one side of the arena to the other. Uh, I, I'm, I'm liking it. They battle back to the ring as Lotus brings in a garbage can, and then they just exchange reversals, like using this garbage can. And I sort of like it when two wrestlers like like this is going to be the portion of the match where we do as much as we can with a garbage can. Yeah, I mean. Maybe garbage cans cost a lot more than tables because they've got hundreds of tables, but they really use this garbage can to its fullest. Like <laughs> yeah, until not... it's just flat sheet metal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Trent Acid's got the same pants as the garbage. Like maybe that's what he was going for. That's where match. he got them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, Recycling the, the trash store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love. It, it also, it's at points where the match, like they'll be doing all these impressive moves and counters and stuff. And then when they can't think of something to do, Lotus will just crack Trent Acid on the head with a chair. <laughs> like, it's just brutal. Yeah, it's a very chair shot heavy episode, this one, for sure. <laughs> and a lot of brutal chair shots. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even more than usual. Uh, they grab a table and they set it up in the ring. And they struggle fight to the top rope when Lotus just hits, like, a basic... They're on the top rope, but he lifts them up and just body slams them through the table. And it's a table bump, so it looks cool. But I'm like, it's the most basic bump through a table you've ever seen. Uh, and it looks like the finish when Burke, right at the two, re yanks the referee out of the ring. It's actually a really good near fall, because you're like, oh, fuck. It's one of those where it's about to hit three, and then he's just yanked out, out into nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and then Ty smokes White Lotus with a chair shot to the head, and then puts uh, acid on top of him for the dirty win at 9 minutes, 57 seconds. I don't know. This is the most DQ one going, and it was they just gave it to Trent. Like, yeah. The ref's like gets pulled out of the ring. Oh, uh, like, yeah. and, de and definitely knows that he's been pulled out of the ring as well. Like, there's no way he would not know that. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, but of all the matches to not end in a DQ, this feels like the most ridiculous. Yeah, they've just set the precedent that there are DQs. Yeah. And then this obvious foul <laughs> is just ignored. Yeah, it's all, it's, it's all, it's very CZW. Justice for White Lotus, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. But also, I think Trent Acid should be the guy to win. I mean, they are setting him up in this faction, even though I think it's a dumb faction. And he is sort of like, he's got this star power. Whereas White Lotus feels like a jobber, sort of, so. Yeah. I didn't mind this. 
Uh, and then out come the Cashmarinos in totally different outfits. And they <laughs> a- attack Burke and Ty as Acid prepares for his moonsault. Uh, and he's about to take the ass out, but then he gets crotched up on the top rope. Uh, again, two weeks in a row blocking the ass shot. How do you feel about this? I mean, it's the, it's the, there's very few things that I like, you know, to see. But Trent Acid's ass in a moonsault is one of them. Um, so it is a shame. It is disappointing. Yeah. Um, and I think it definitely goes against everything that CZW stands for. Definitely, especially knowing he's passed away. I'm like, we we gave up an opportunity to see his. Yeah, ass. this. Is, yeah, it's, <laughs> in, it's only in retrospect do you think those things. <laughs> then we get our hard cut. And we're back to Dewey Donovan in the ring. I don't even know if he left the ring. Uh, and he's yelling at Hat Guy again out of nowhere. When Johnny Blaze, our, our gangster ninja from last week, shows up in full like yellow like camo camouflage and a yellow wife beater, uh, and he's got this bigger guy with him. It looks like a sort of a bouncer at a club, and, and he's dressed like a bouncer, like a dressed like a security guard. Yeah. So he super kicks the shit out of Dewey Donovan for this huge pop, and then they just saunter off. And I'm like, I guess this feud continues. You know who I've not, we've not seen for a while? The sensational one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where... Former partner of Trent Acid. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. It's very, very odd. I, I Very strange not seeing the But yeah, it's a very odd segment. I don't understand. There's a lot of that in CZW where maybe if you'd been in the scene at the time, you'd be like, oh, it's those guys. And because they didn't make enough of an impact. Right. We don't know, but yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, and especially because Dewey Donovan started the match doing a promo, so like, why not just do it then? Yeah. Like, like this, this, this whole segment was bookended with weird Dewey Donovan segments, and he leaves the ring, uh, flipping off the crowd really angrily, and no one cares because who cares? <laughs> who could give a fuck? And it's funny because right as he leaves, the announcer brings in. Well, I guess that means it's time for the enforcer, Rob Hartog, and the crowd actually pops for a babyface ref. Yeah. Yeah, big fat ref. We love this guy. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a tub of shit. I love him. Um, he looks like Howard Finkel mixed with, I guess, just a fat guy. I didn't know. <laughs> you didn't know, yeah. He just looks like a guy mixed with a fat guy. Like, that's <laughs> the general impression. Uh, and then we get, our, our announcer brings out your next participant, Natasha, uh, known for being the valet of John Dahmer, uh, and she's holding a bucket for some reason. I don't, I don't know what this is. She gets in and looks ready to wrestle, but she's also wearing a skirt. She also en- enters the song Baby, I Got Your Money, which I thought was pretty classic. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that's what the song's called, but you know the song. I know the song, yeah. And then her opponent comes out, Dallas, also known as Zandig's Bitch from past shows. <laughs> but she comes without, da- without Zandig, so I guess now she's got her own sort of identity. She's just bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a bit. No, she's not. <laughs> no, no, no. no Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. That is yeah, her name. Yeah, she's yeah, been I named don't... now. We, we're pro-women. Yeah. But this crowd is not. As, as they both enter the ring, they're just sh- chanting, show your tits. And again, dude, there's kids in the crowd. It's so, it is so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It is really bad. I mean, even if, the, even if there wasn't kids in the crowd, like, it's, <laughs> it's still a bad thing to do for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not that's okay. a good point. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's not okay whether there's kids or not. But I mean, like, it would be okay in a strip club, I guess. Right? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean... That's my point. That's yeah, that's just... That, that, I'm sure there's been kids in strip clubs, but... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess in a strip club that it would be fine to show, show your tits. Cool, so we agree. We 100% agree, yeah. <laughs> so this match begins. Natasha versus Dallas. Uh, and immediately Natasha's just flirting with the announcer. Uh, like, 
going to like, oh, look at me, yeah, like rubbing him a bit. And Dallas just pulls her down to the mat from her hair. That's how the match begins. And they do the most basic like ECW cat fight where one's on top of the other and they hit their head on the mat and then they roll over and the other's on top. Uh, the whole time the fans are chanting about tits. The referee tries to break up this cat fight and then <laughs> Natasha kicks him in the balls and Dallas hits him with a stunner. And then they both begin like cat fighting him. When security rushes in to break up the match at two minutes and ten yeah, seconds. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny that, like, after everything that the refs have been through, after, like, the way they get p- just pile-driven out and super-kicked out of nowhere, that the women's match is the one where, like, no, we need to break this up. This is immediately. <laughs> yeah, this is... This is not okay. This is not. This is not a, a shoot. This is this is real or whatever. This like, requires multiple security members to yeah, come in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to just to break them up, and they don't. They let them wrestle. Yeah. Let women wrestle. Come on. At two minutes ten seconds for the first ever female CZW match. Um, so for the history historians paying attention here, <laughs> yeah, ends if, in a, if there's any historians <laughs> for CZW or just life in general make note of the first women's match at CZW. Ends with a double DQ at two minutes and ten seconds. Yeah. Then we get our hard cut and we're back in the ring and the referee for the first time of the night wearing the yellow and black striped shirt. Why? Like if they're gonna do these, why didn't they just get one for every referee? You know. I don't know. It's very, maybe it's the nerd one. Maybe it's mm. like if you're like a dunce, <laughs> you have to wear the yellow and black one, or or like I don't know, you did something bad during the week. But I I sort of like the branding, and I, like I'm I might be overstating this a bit, but I think like the black and yellow sort of thing CCW does is one of the cooler things they've done as far as setting themselves apart from every other promotion. And if you already have the idea and you ordered the shirts, why is that? Like why wouldn't it be every referee? It's just like so low effort. It sort of bugs me. Um, but I am nitpicking on a CZW show here that doesn't can't afford a tripod. So. Yeah, but you're 100% right. The colour scheme is one of the cooler things CZW has done so, so far. Yeah, Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Potentially forever as well. We know we don't know how good this show gets. So. <laughs> and then we he introduces Mercury, who uh, just famously had his match with Rick Blade, the ladder match last week. And he looks m- more jacked than he did last week last month, uh, and he also has, like, a tattoo that he didn't have. He almost looked like a different guy to me here. It was interesting. Yeah, he he used to, he has always looked like a street magician, but now he looks like a cool street <laughs> magician, I think. Like, he's fucking jacked. He's ready to show you what your card was. Uh, he's got incredible jeans on. They're, like, stonewashed, oh. like, weird jeans. I don't even, I genuinely don't even know where you'd buy them at yeah. any point in time. Anyone in their 20s in the year 2000 owned a pair of these jeans. Okay, well, someone will have to tell me them. Yeah, I, I wasn't, but I've just seen them. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. And then his opponent is brought out, and it's TCK, which I was sort of interested here, because Mercury's, he's only been paired with high flyer technical wrestler guys, and TCK's only been paired with hardcore guys. So we're sort of like, let's see what this is going to look like. Uh, I, I was interested to see, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clash of styles. See, that's what CZW does. <laughs> that's what they're all about. Uh, the match starts slow. Mercury starts winning the crowd over with just flashy offense. Like, sort of, you know, when they're doing, like, oh, a moonsault for no reason lands on his yeah. feet. That, it really wins these people over. Uh, TCK reverses a springboard into an atomic drop and then clotheslines his head off. Then goes right outside to grab a ladder, of all things. Uh, the ladder's leaning on the ropes, and TCK Irish whips, like, so So he's leaning in the middle of the ring on the ropes, and TCK, he's meant to, like, basically clothesline the ladder over the top, and it whips over so hard and hits him him in the face, like, as the ladder's going over. I don't know if I'm describing that right, but 
it just looked like a total accident, and this ladder just hits him in the face, like, yeah, brutally. It would really hurt. I do have to say as well that, like, the ref is doing a lot of good work. He <laughs> is, he's very, the ref is, like, really into it. It feels like this is, Zandig said, this is, you know, your one-shot kid. Mm-hmm. Don't miss your chance, you know, <laughs> eat some mum's spaghetti. Like, you're not, you're not going to get another, t- and he's, like, really selling. Like, he's really doing a lot of actions. He's wearing his best trainers, um, but yeah, this is a great match. He's I in think. shape. Yeah, he's he, relatively. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So back in the ring, the ladder's now in the corner. TCK reverse Irish whips Mercury into it, and then goes for a splash, and then Mercury moves, and he just splashes a ladder straight up, which looks awful. Uh, Mercury then grabs a chair, hits him three times in the head, just flatly. And these two fans just start chanting, we want blood. <laughs> and I'm like, man, it's a TCK match, so it's probably coming after that, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, on purpose or by mistake, it's definitely blood will be coming. Mm-hmm. And then randomly, the referee's just, like, distracted by this woman on the side, and he realized it's Shorty, uh, manager of Rick Blade, and she puts something in his face. I think it was, like, a chloroform rag is what they were going for. What did, what did you think this was? I thought it was a cream pie. <laughs> like, just one of those classic... Like a like... Chuckle Brothers... Yeah, not not <laughs> what maybe people thought I meant initially. Um, yeah. But, no, I thought it was just, like, a, uh, a, a, like a comedy yeah. cream pie. No, not know. like a vagina full of cum. <laughs> no, like no yeah, exactly. Which would be fine in a strip club. <laughs> but you, you absolutely can't do that. Yeah, that's too much. There's kids. <laughs> there's, there's kids around. There's kids around, yeah. Um, but I thought it was like a cream pie. Um, because there was something on the mat. So you might be right, because it, it just looked like she was trying to... It, like the powder in the face spot that you've seen before, the, yeah. I guess the pie in the face. She was just trying to distract the referee. And as this is going on, Rick Blade it just slides into the ring in a way that I can't even really describe to you. No, I think everyone... If there's one moment that I think everyone needs to watch <laughs> from CZW, it is Rick Blade sliding into... It is... It's physics defying. I don't understand it. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, it's so smooth the way he does it. There is no... It's <laughs> it's like both him and the ring offer no friction. He's mm-hmm. like a seal going down an it's ice slide. The same way you saw Titus O'Neil slide under the ring flawlessly. Like, yeah. he nails it. He fucking just nails it. Yeah. And the crowd just pops based on... I pop. At one point, like, as he slides in, TCK rolls out of the ring. And then it's just Rick Blade flips Mercury around and starts punching him, and it's just an awesome spot. Like, it's it's incredible. I just I need to go back to the slide because it, he slides <laughs> in wearing like a Steven Seagal. Like it's also looks a bit like David Byrne when he's wearing a big suit because it doesn't fit him. It's like, ridiculous. He's, he's definitely bought it from Goodwill or something like that because um, he slides in and gets up in like one smooth motion. Mm-hmm. Like you'd have to slow the frames down to understand the science behind it. Yeah. Um, it's. It's absolutely insane. It's the coolest thing we've seen him do. Yeah, this this actually has upended the colour scheme as the coolest thing to happen in CZW. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's incredible. His hair is awful, though. <laughs> it's a proper bowl cut. Oh, um, yeah. But the slide, he's got full slide riz, for sure. The outfit is awful, too. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's it, everything... The only thing that would save it is an incredible slide into the ring and, by God, he pulled it off. You did it. And, uh, for those interested, the match ends by DQ as TCK <laughs> is DQ'd again. So that's, what, three of the four matches we've seen so far now? Yeah. DQ finishes. I would have ended it 
But once I saw that slide, as a ref, I would have been like, "There's no way." Let's end Rick the match. Rick Blade wins. Yeah, Rick. Yeah, Rick Blade wins by <laughs> default. Yeah. But TTK doesn't give a fuck at all, and him and Rick Blade hug again. Two of the pillars. We saw them last week. They they support each other. Yeah, kings. Uh, <laughs> and the fans are just chanting disparaging shit at Shorty. I couldn't even make it out, but they're just being like awful. And and Blade. Just hurls slurs at Mercury, and I was just like, in the middle of this segment, I'm like, what am I doing here? Like watching this shit. Yeah, because you don't want to, you don't want to see Rick Blade doing that. Yeah, he should be the Karate Kid. He should be. He's if you're wearing a white suit and mm. you're you're a good guy, you don't need to ruin it by hurling slurs. That's, That's not you, Rick. I agree. What's up, Brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a programming note that every Monday at 9 Central, you can join me, Andrew Slack, and Josh Custodio for Monday Night Program. Come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using Fire Pro Wrestling Promoter Mode. Who should we sign? What matches should we book? Join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights. That's Monday Night Program on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. Uh, and then the next match, it gets announced as a CZW staple gun match. And I don't know about you, but I'm like, that's what I needed. Some gratuitous <laughs> violence. Uh, that's what this show needs right now. Uh, and, he, and the announcer's like clearly explaining the rules that sound convoluted, because the audio's so bad you can't understand it. So I'm like, I guess we'll just figure it out when the match begins. And that's when Madman Pondo gets introduced. Uh, IWA Mid-South legend here. Who It's funny because he came in with Ian Rotten and Axel Rotten. Who have clearly both like blown this promotion off completely. Yeah, they don't give a shit. But Madman Pondo is somehow like, well, I'll still show up. I'll get my money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Madman Pondo, of course, also featured in the video game Backyard Wrestling 2 along, yeah. with, al- along with John Zandig and Andrew WK. But he's wearing a, a <laughs> he's wearing a Nightmare on Elm Street t-shirt, which is great. I mean, he's also wearing a do-rag, obviously official sponsors of CZW, so... Yeah, I'm in. I'm on board. Yeah, and he he's such an ugly guy that he looks like the Michael Myers from Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that who Freddy. it is? Freddy. Freddy, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, Freddy Michael Krueger. My- yeah, this isn't a horror movie podcast, folks. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but my point is, Madman Pondo's ugly as fuck, and his face sort of mad. Like, I thought he was wearing a Madman Pondo shirt before you said <laughs> okay, Elm Street shirt. So, he starts cutting this promo, and I'm just like, oh, no, this guy's never cut a promo anyone needs to hear. Um, and he says, like, he's attacking high flyers, and he's like, oh, you, you, you guys, guys with flips and stuff, but that's not what I'm here for. This is a staple gun match, so you're going to see two fat asses getting hardcore. And I was yeah. like, I'm ready for it. Man. Yeah, proto Jim Cornette, for sure. <laughs> and then out comes his, like, oh, man, how do you even describe this guy? He's a big, fat, bald guy. He looks like the poorest man's Tony Soprano. Like Tony yeah. Soprano, less in shape with less confidence. Yeah, Mitch Page. <laughs> yeah, if you did like a Google Translate on bloody um, Big Mac Smack to yeah. like a different language, he'd look like him. Like it's obscene. It, it's wild. It's crazy. Like he's an odd-looking fellow. And, and the fans can't help themselves with a "you fat fuck" chant. Like as soon as he breaches the curtain, the fans are like, "Oh, yeah!" And he this breaches guy's it so quickly. Fat. Yeah. Also, again, me and Jordan are fat boys, so yes, we, uh, we have the pass 100% to say this stuff. 
But if you need proof, you know, you've got our Instagram handles. We'll send you a picture of our belly. I'm pong, I'm pongo fat. Like you can tell it's from beer, like yeah. specifically. <laughs> I'm approaching thingy fat, so I'm definitely okay saying this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and pongos had much worse stuff than we did, to be fair. Yeah, um, that, these are not good. None of these are good guys. <laughs> like, it's, it's okay. He said stuff that wouldn't even be okay in the strip club. Let's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, the, only when the match begins do I realize what the ring announcer was saying. So apparently the staple gun is placed on a chair in the middle of the ring. And both wrestlers need to get on, like, opposite ends, like, equal distance outside of the ring on opposite ends of the ring. And then the referee counts down from ten. And both of these slow, immobile, fat guys have to rush into the ring. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, the funniest way to start a match for these guys who, like... You can tell Pondo's knees are already shot. Like, he yeah. can't run. <laughs> I don't know who... It feels like whoever did this didn't like either of them. Because this is not... <laughs> I don't know why you do this to them. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. I've never seen it before. Like this dodgeball esque start to a match. So I've heard strange. of it in in Mick Foley's. I believe his second book. He talks about a barbed wire bat match where okay. all, it's it's like a five way or something, and all the guys start on the entrance ramp uh, and right. run down to the ring. But much <laughs> much like this, he said his knees were already shot by the time he did this match. Why are you doing this to wrestlers? <laughs> yeah. Just give them the bat. Give and, them the st- staple gun. And to even further prove our point, it's so stupid because Mitch somehow beats Pondo into the ring and then grabs the staple gun and then Pondo hits him in the head with a stop sign and he drops the staple gun and then Pondo just begins stapling him. Yeah, I mean, the the stop sign uh, bump is, in, like, it's brutal. It sounds... These guys are not messing about. Like yeah, they it, are. It doesn't look like the classic sheet metal. It looks like someone unattached an actual stop sign from... Yeah. Like, like a road. So many car accidents that day on that road, like that road. Because, but like it makes a dent in the stop sign as well. Like you hear it crack on his head, and it is grim to mm-hmm. say the least. Yeah, what's more ultra violent than causing actual car crashes? There. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you want to see how hardcore CZW is, look outside. It's <laughs> just a pile that's, up. That's where they get their car doors and their. Yeah, cars. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's so. You can always, like, hear a staple gun and think, like, oh, maybe that's fake. Maybe they're shooting blanks or whatever. To prove that this staple gun is real, Mitch Page puts, like, a dollar bill on Lobo's head. Or not Lobo, sorry. Mad Bum Pondo's head. Which I'm sure you've seen that spot before. I think they do it in The Wrestler. Uh, but he staples a fucking dollar bill to his forehead. And I don't know why. It just makes it seem so much more real. And I'm also so aware of how disgusting American money is, so I'm like, you're probably going to catch something. Yeah, metaphorically and literally. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, Yeah. blood money for sure. (laughs) Uh, But it just makes it seem more real. And and these guys, they're not wrestling at all. They're like just taking turns abusing each other, basically. And even after after Pondo gets the dollar bill taped to his head, he takes offense and he walks around with the dollar bill like on his forehead. And it's just all like fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, we're talking of strip clubs. Like you don't, you wouldn't want this to happen in a strip club either with dollar bills. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 very it's a rough match for sure. I mean, it's fun to watch though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at one point, Pondo starts stapling him in the nutsack, or that's what they want you to believe. I mean, he's wearing shorts, so I imagine the staples didn't get through. But the crowd treated it like he got stapled in the balls. Uh, Pondo sits him down on the chair and does a crossbody. And it actually just destroys the chair. Like, it just folds under the weight of these two guys, uh, which was sort of cool. And then the fans start chanting, use the cheese grater. Like, four fans in the front row just start chanting it, and Pondo obliges them to huge applause. 
Yeah. And again, I'm sure, like, I've seen Bubba Ray Dudley do this, and I'm sure he's not actually pressing it to the guy's head. Pondo was fully cheese grating this guy's head. Yeah, he grates his head. Yeah, as bad as the video quality is, you can see it immediately. The guy just starts bleeding from, like, holes in his head. It's fucking gross. Yeah, it's gnarly. It's, yeah, it's gnarly. And then Pondo goes for the exact same spot he just did, where he seats Paige in the chair and goes for a crossbody. And this time, Paige moves out of the way, and Pondo just eats shit into a seated chair. And it actually looks so much more brutal than the spot the first time. Uh, they wrestle to the entrance, Paige body slams Pondo outside, then they just slowly walk back to the ring. Paige makes one of the patented CZW chair tables right near the corner with four chairs, puts Pon uh, Pondo on the top rope, and then climbs, but Pondo hits a DDT off the top through the chair table, uh, and then he gets the win at 12 minutes, 34 seconds. I will say... This was a great, terrible match, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was this. It was the sort of thing that I expected going into CZW every match to be, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, their history. Um, very violent, very gory. Uh, kind of fun. Maybe uh, two... I have written here, maybe two minutes too long. But a good match. Like, I can't say it wasn't a fun match to no, watch. No, yeah, definitely. You know? Like, it is, it's, it's bleak, it's grim, there's blood, there's tables, mm -hmm. there's... There's a lot of interesting stuff happening. I don't know if any of it is wrestling, but it's certainly two men fighting. Well, and it's that thing of there's something about a big overweight guy that you know isn't trained getting in the ring <laughs> where you're like, this could legitimately be super dangerous because he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, it's, it's such a bad idea to begin with. He was made to run into the ring as well, which is very dangerous to begin <laughs> with. So, yeah, it was it was very dangerous from the start. Mm. But I will say, I'm going to give my continued thumbs up to this Madman Pondo run so far. I think every match you've seen, it's either been disgusting or worth talking about. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'm excited to see him and I can see why he landed in backyard wrestling too <laughs> and then we get our hard cut and the thrill kill cult are introduced midnight grabs a mic explaining what happened on the last show which of you remember was the most convoluted like tag team debacle ever uh, it says they were meant to face the hit squad but then they no showed and they'll never be seen here again when all of a sudden one of the hit squad members just shows up i guess proving him wrong yeah and he threatens to kill the thrill kill cult if you can say that five times fast uh, and the crowd starts chanting USA, because I guess the Hit Squad guy looks brown, so he's not... Yeah, he's not USA. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, like, the other two are, like, counterculture, like, goth guys. Yeah, they, but, yeah, that, nothing unites them all quite like racism. Mm-hmm. And then the, the kill, throw kill call, just do a two-on-one two beatdown on this guy, uh, and then start slagging off Puerto Ricans. So I guess the guy's Puerto Rican. Uh, just a fucking weird segment here, and so unnecessary. Like it's very odd, also as well, because like Puerto Rico is like technically part of America. That is the U <laughs> it is the U it is the U.S. Like it's it's a weird position as a state, but no, like that's definitely the U.S.A. I'd love to just see you try to explain that to these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but it feels like these teams were meant to have a match, and then one of the Hit Squad members didn't show up, so they're like, we'll just do a segment uh, where you guys beat the shit out of them. And, and that's what happened. This was like less than five minutes. It was just a throwaway. Yeah, very strange. Then we get another cut, and the Shane twins are introduced. Mike and Todd. And these guys are jacked. Yeah, as, as fat as Pondo and Thingy were, these guys are jacked. Oh, dude, they're so... I, I wouldn't be surprised if they both weigh more than Mitch Page. Just... 
based on pure muscle. Like, it's classic, almost like late 80s, just steroid bodies. Yeah, they've got the, the same build as Alex Jones, and they look <laughs> like him as well. They have that same weird barrel chest, like just a huge, odd chest that looks like they drink a lot of alcohol, but also they work out enough that the steroids have turned it into like an odd... Exactly. Like... A like normally vest sort of looking thing steroid body when they eat well it's the tits are way out but the belly is sort of in yeah these guys have huge beer guts and then big steroid tits yeah <laughs> and they're both tanned and they look the same and yeah they have alex jones head <laughs> I, I don't know they're, it's just these guys rule There's yeah something so awesome about them you know like the, we'll see this is on this podcast we love big oily boys and <laughs> these are two of the biggest oily boys we've seen yeah. so far i think easily the most jack guys we've seen in ccw Maybe yeah. maybe hold for Zandig, but I don't know. They're just gigantic. Yeah, they are huge, and out of nowhere as well. Just like, yeah. where do they keep finding these jacked men? Like, what on earth does New Je- New Jersey doing those days to well, produce this many jacked men? And they have this short manager guy. He's got like this one of those front mohawks where it's not even a full mohawk, but he shaves the back. He looks like he's got like a "Don't Tread on Me" tattoo. He just the, looks like the worst kind of guy making, like, YouTube conspiracy videos. And he's talking for these guys, and I'm sort of like, I don't even need this guy here. I just want the two Jack guys. But Yeah, it's definitely, like, in a film where, like, the, the villain has two, like, henchmen. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. the brains, and he has just two, like, big henchmen. Exactly. He's sort just, of like the penguin, almost. Yeah, exactly. And he's got <laughs> these big boys who are like, don't mess with the boss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then, the, our CCW Tag Team Champions, the Haas Bros, enter the ring... And matching blue singlets to TNT by ACDC. And the fans are going crazy. And I'm sure like a lot of it is just for the song. Yeah. They're like, we love ACDC We love ACDC <laughs> and Confederate flags. <laughs> These are our guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the match begins. And the fans are just on the fucking Shane Twins. They're chanting, you're on steroids. And then after they get tired of that, they start chanting, where's your neck? <laughs> and it's fair questions. I mean, these guys don't have necks. You know? No, yeah, 100% their necks are gone. So we, we, we've established, we, we can't fat sh- we can fat shame because we're fat guys. Are we allowed steroid body shame? Because I don't know if we're shaming. I'm impressed. But yeah, these guys look ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think we're shaming them. Like, yeah. I think, you know, you can call out when someone's on steroids. And they, they'd admit it. I think they, you know, they'd fully admit that they're not natty. Totally. Um... Yeah, I don't think it's shame. Like, it takes a lot to work. Like, if if I just took steroids, I would look like the grossest monster in the world because I wouldn't start working out. Yeah. I would just be like a, a like a, a ball of flesh. I don't know what on earth I'd look like. So yeah, no, full respect. Like, you still got to put the work in, even you know, even if you are going to end up, you know, totally doing I, horrible things because <laughs> you can't control your rage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like these guys would hang out with wife feeder, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, the, the match begins very technically, and the crowd's just cheering loudly every time. Like, the Haas bros do have this type of charisma. Like, I, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying Charlie Haas had this great WWE run, but he was in the WWE, and I think there's a reason for that. He's got something that a lot of the wrestlers just don't in this, in this company. And, yeah. and his brother's not that far off. I mean, they look sort of like twins, too. Uh, but both these four guys, I noticed, they're so big and the ring's smaller than standard. It just makes the ring look so tiny. Yeah, it's like when you're playing, there's like a, a mismatch on the toys that you're playing with. So you've got a tiny ring, but you're using giant wrestling figures. <laughs> That's what it feels like for Yeah, because sure. the ring does look tiny and it does not look stable when these guys are like jumping about in it for sure. Totally. Um, so they the hospitals start with a huge double back body drop on one of the twins. 
and then the other one's outside and they do this this regular spot where it's like an assisted springboard where one brother pulls the top rope and it launches the other guy over uh, and it doesn't make sense logically but it looks like a cool spot um, the Shane twins hit two impressive hurricane Ranas at the same time and it's at that point I realized like these are actually athletic guys uh, they're not just like because sometimes steroid guys are almost immobile uh, these guys actually like are moving around a lot. Uh, they're building the heat on Charlie the whole time. They double clothesline him, Samoan so drop him, uh, and then they hit Ross off the off the apron, and they fuck up the hot tag, which is just such a classic CCW thing. So they're meant to be timing it where both brothers tag at the exact same time. Yeah. But only the Hoss bro does it. Like the the Shane twins fuck it up. So then immediately. Russ runs in like a house of fire, bang to take him out, and the twin that didn't tag just clotheslines him. And you can almost see them talking, like, let's just try it again. Then <laughs> <laughs> they rebuild it. Like, they do the exact same five minutes with just the same hot tag. And this one they get right, where both tag in at once. Charlie runs wild before just getting sit on sit down powerbombed right after. So even then, they sort of fucked it up again. Yeah. Now, all four of them start brawling on different sides of the ring, uh, and... Like we've seen before, there's only one camera recording all this, so he sort of has to choose which side looks more interesting. Uh, and the two of them get back in. Russ kicks out of an ear fall, causing uh, the twin to accidentally hit the referee, elbows him in the head. The match is in total chaos with chairs. Uh, the manager brings in a chair. Uh, he's bleeding for some reason. I didn't even see him get hit, but he attacks Charlie with a chair. And then out of nowhere, the Haas brothers set up the top rope taint elbow drop we've seen where it is a pinfall, but the one guy elbow drops him in the tank, uh, and they get their win, retain their titles at 13 minutes, 44 seconds. Yeah, by the way, this is much more of a violent breakout than the women's match that got broken up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the security should have got involved with this match, for sure, mm -hmm. if, if that's the bar. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was good. Like I, like you said, they're definitely more mobile, and they didn't... they. They're more mobile than I expected, and they also didn't gas as quickly as I expected, because I think mm -hmm. that's the other thing. Like, like Ultimate Warrior was, like, steroid off his head, and, like, he his entire career was built off running into the ring and shaking the ropes. Because he gas. was fucking gassed after, <laughs> immediately after that. But these guys, like, actually go. Like, they, they, they do well to go for a full match. And it, it's, like, a decent match. Definitely, like, Compared to what we'd seen before, the hyper-violent one, like, this is, like, an actual good wrestling match, I'd say. Totally. Although they do get their bumps in. There are, like, a fair amount of chair shots, a fair amount of... Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, it is sort of... It's, it's just a good match. There's nothing yeah. really bad to say about it. Uh, so the next match for the CZW World Heavyweight Championship, Zandig is out in his classic Whoop. attire. Like, just fucking full baby oil and then just jeans. Yeah. And it's like, how does he even squeeze into the jeans? Like, he looks so... He doesn't take them off. He's like... <laughs> Those rips are not from... Like, they didn't buy them like that. That is just from wearing them forever. <laughs> like, he is cursed to live in them jeans. Yeah, he's like the the never nude from uh, Arrested <laughs> Yeah, he, he is. He can never yeah. take these jeans off. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he cuts a promo, of course, but it's just completely illegible. Uh, he gets into it with the fans who start chanting a Terry Funk chant. Which reminded me, like, wasn't Zandig talking, like, two shows ago about how Terry Funk and Onita are going to come into CCW? And I think the fans are calling him out because that never happened. Yeah, I don't know if it if it ever did. I mean, obviously it could come up that they both end up in there, but I, it feels like it, it could be something that he got undercut or, like, someone offered them more money and just fucked him off or whatever because why would you go to CZW, so... Well, it feels like he met... Like, because sometimes... It, this, this will happen in comedy where a, a new comic 
talks to another like a pro and they're like hey i'd love if you could do my show sometimes and the pro to be polite is like ah yeah maybe man we'll, i'll talk to you soon yeah and he took that as like he's doing my show <laughs> holy <laughs> shit wait till the boys hear about this yeah and he just told everyone that terry funk's on the way and yeah. i'm sure terry funk's like who <laughs> like what yeah. um so yeah uh which sucks because i mean a terry funk czw appearance would have been fucking awesome yeah uh, next level and i don't know that it never happened to be fair so i mean we'll see in the future but yeah yeah uh, but yeah, I can't really understand Zandig, because again, the audio is so bad, but I can tell that he's shooting on Ian Rotten and Axel Rotten, which seems fair enough. And then out of nowhere, Cronus runs in and attacks him. So I, I guess that's our match. We're getting Zandig versus Cronus, two strong one-word name wrestlers. Yeah, both both powerful boys for sure. Cronus mm -hmm. uh, has great hair, <laughs> yeah. as ever. Uh, well, I mean, Zandig's got a nice ponytail too. Yeah, he, do, he does, but, you know, Cronus has got the whole Skrillex thing on before it was cool. Like, totally. For, you know, he's got the... He was just doing it for the love of the game. Like, <laughs> he wasn't doing it because it was cool. Yeah, he's got Skrillex hair with, like, 90s wrestler body. It's such yeah. a weird look. <laughs> uh, and Cronus attacks, throws him outside, and at, it's one of these... Like, Zandig cut himself, like, he bladed before he got hit with something. Because he's just bleeding from the forehead profusely. And I'm like, you've just been thrown outside. <laughs> like That's just his blood trying to escape. <laughs> he's like, please, bro, let me out. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude. I need to leave. I bet if you drank a shot glass of his blood, you'd be wasted, too. Yeah, it would be like Super Serum. It would turn you into Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Zandig takes control with just chair shots to the head. And then he picks up a piece of wood and just hits him in the head. And I'm like, man, that like <laughs> I'm just thinking about splinters and shit, you know, like... He'll just pick up anything near him and hit a guy with it. Yeah, it's like it's like in a wrestling video game where you're pressing triangle to pick one thing up and you just pick up like the foam hand and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, he but then in the ring, Zandik hits a sick power slam followed by a suplex and then he goes right to the top rope and hits an awesome looking frog splash, like a Zandig frog splash. Uh, I love seeing it. That is the thing I think, like, obviously we joke about Zandig being a cool... Well, we don't joke about him being cool, he is cool. But, like, he's a good wrestler as well. Like, there's a reason he's managed to cultivate this. And, like, he is, it's, it's always good to see him actually wrestle. Mm-hmm. I just had... It was so... When you said he's a good wrestler, my brain just went through such a... Is he... He is, right? He I is think, a good I think, wrestler. I think he's a good, <laughs> a good wrestler, yeah. Because to be fair, like being a good wrestler, is like it's not just your moveset and stuff. They can be incredible people doing moves. But like he's got a look about him. He's got a personality yeah. about him. He's oiled up. Um, you know, I, I think he is... I'm not going to say the full package. That's too much credit. But mm -hmm. I think he's a good wrestler for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Well, he's, that makes sense that he's here then. He's the smartest deathmatch wrestler alive. <laughs> most intellectual. Yeah, he's the most intellectual deathmatch wrestler alive. Um, but so all of a sudden, after this frog splash, Wife Beater appears out of nowhere, breaks up the two counts. So another DQ if you're keeping in track. I think there's been one match that hasn't ended from DQ. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when, like, the one match that should have ended in a DQ, like, <laughs> lest we forget. But that's like, if you like movies like Hostile, Hostile or fucking just torture porn, then this next segment was for you. Because the three guys come out. It's Cronus, well, sorry, Cronus is already there, Wife Beater and Smack Mac, and also the biker, just in case, for some reason. <laughs> I don't understand his name. I don't like his name. Like, I like... like it's first name Justin, last name Case. That's... Is it... Yeah. Or is it like just and then his middle name's in? Like, <laughs> I don't, is it a pun? It like I don't it's a know. pun. Yeah. Yeah. That's but 
It's terrible. Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> it. I guess just in case it gets just violent. Just in case you need them. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, fair enough. It just sounds like the the name like the lawyer would use if it was like Soul Good. You know, like Soul Good. It is a Soul Good. Yeah, yeah. He's doing like a just in case. Yeah, for wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's sort of like Just Incredible, but I like Just Incredible. Yeah, that's good. But, I mean, I don't like him. He's a terrible wrestler, but I like the name. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, these three guys tape Zandig to the top rope uh, with duct tape. And you're like, oh, where is this going? Like, his back is just facing the ring. And then you just hear the noise of a weed whacker. Um, and from the back, Smack Mac comes out with two fucking weed whackers. Uh, and it's just, you can just hear it. And the noise is so ominous. Like, it fills the arena. It's so fucked up. Uh, yeah, it's like a swarm of locusts. Yes, and you sort of know exactly what's gonna about to happen. Yeah. You know? Um, oh, by the way, is it Weed Whacker in the UK? I think I think it would be like a, tr- it's a trimmer, I think. A trimmer, be, yeah. Yeah, a trimmer is what it would be, like a garden trimmer. It's like... But it trims weeds, right? Mostly. Uh, yeah, and grass. And, and backs, apparently. And backs. <laughs> yeah. So that's what happens, is they set Zandig up. And again, he's like, obviously he's selling, like, this is an actual torture. I mean, it's it's consensual torture, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. he, he's taped to the top rope, and as soon as the weed whacker hits his back, he fucking, like, his natural reaction just causes the tape to rip off. Yeah, just, he just bolts up. Yeah, he just bolts up and then hits the ground. And you're like, Jesus Christ, man. And this, there's a pool of blood underneath him. Because he's just, like, bladed himself so, so like, unnecessarily. Yeah. Uh, and then that when you're like, okay, they weed whacked him, we can end this segment now. They pull out a giant thing of salt, like, just table salt, and pour it on his fresh wounds that we just saw him get from the weed whacker. And you're like, alright, then that's enough. Like, we're done here. Yeah. A- and then uh, one of the guys pulls out fucking lighter fluid... <laughs> And lights his jeans, the classic jeans that are he can't change out of. Yeah, he's, and it's nuts. I don't know why they're trying to help him get out of the jeans, because they're not going to do it with fire. <laughs> they light his jeans on fire, like down by his calves and thighs. And then that's when finally security and referees rush in, break it all up, send the guys out of there. But yeah, because that's illegal. Th- this was so fucked up. It was yeah. so it was gratuitously violent. <laughs> yeah, it's gnarly. Like setting him on fire. Like that's just absurd. That's so dangerous. Like you don't know what on earth is flammable in there. They don't give a shit. It's mm-hmm. Just like he could have gone straight up. Who knows? <laughs> like the baby oil. Maybe he used like motor oil. He was getting out from the crashes he'd caused with the stop sign. <laughs> like who knows what he'd. And they know they fucked up because they immediately, like, five guys swarm it to put it out and then also are like, are you dead, bro? Yeah, totally. And even as bad as the fire was, I think I'd almost rather take that than a weed whacker and a fucking thing full of salt. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. This was all just so... It was a bit much, and it felt a bit unnecessary. A little bit unnecessary, yeah. <laughs> and Zandig, he has... A, I mean, he's a, a man enough to just walk away on his own two feet, but he looks... Like, fucked. He looks like he'd just been in, like, a marathon bombing or something where he's, like, <laughs> walking out of the rubble. Like oh, his, yeah, yeah. His body's just covered in blood and, like, he's got burn marks on his pants. And it's yeah, just... this was his 9-11 for sure. <laughs> so fucked up, man. Yeah. Uh, but he did look pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he looked awesome. <laughs> and, I mean, Dallas is out there, too, and she doesn't know. Like, she's trying not to touch him because she knows it would hurt him too much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely. It's uh, He does look fucked up. Yeah, um, and he he cuts a promo leaving, saying he will get his revenge uh, and CZ fucking W. And then that's where we cut. Uh, and Hardcore Nick Gage is introduced, followed by Justice Payne. So we're getting this match again. 
uh, a rematch, and it makes sense. I, I I knew this was like an early feud in CCW lore. Like they're we're probably gonna get it a bunch more times after this. Yeah. Uh, but they go nose to nose before Justice Pan leaves the ring and grabs the mic and ultimately says he's not going to be wrestling tonight. And he goes to walk to the back when the whole roster confronts him and tells him to get back in there. And I sort of like this because they have been playing up like Justice Pan just calling his own shots, saying whatever he wants, and then yeah, people have to listen, you know. Yeah, being like, oh, I'm going to wrestle with this guy tonight. And mm-hmm. so, so I guess the roster are just... God damn, they've had enough. They've had enough, and they're not going to take it anymore. No. <laughs> and then the guy to, the guy who breaks through this whole roster of got of guys in front of him is Zandig. He pushes through this whole thing. And it's again, it's like that thing where he did, I feel like he didn't want to come off as a pussy who just took a beat down. So now he's got to be the first guy to attack Justice Payne. Yeah. But it's like he shouldn't have he shouldn't have been seen after that beat down. We should just He shouldn't be standing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, legitimately. He should, yeah, he should be yeah. He, he shouldn't be doing anything near a ring. He should be just recuperating and getting better. Probably in a hospital, yeah. Yeah, letting those jeans heal, letting <laughs> them recover. <laughs> so Zandig uh, clotheslines Justice Payne on the ground, then throws him in the ring, and that's when the match begins. Uh, and it begins outside as Justice Payne's literally like climbing the fence around the arena, trying to escape. But Gage pulls him down and just hits him as hard as he can in the head with a chair. Uh, <laughs> which there's so many chair shots in this match, it's insane. Uh, back in the ring, Justice Payne super kicks Gage, and then the referee out of nowhere. <laughs> like he goes, he kicks Gage and then pauses for a second and then kicks the referee. Yeah, he takes... Is it Ron? Is it Ron Hart? Yeah, He's doing oh, it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Or Rob? Rob? Ron? I don't know. Whichever one. And it's just like, why are you doing that, man? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, no no one cares. No one's actually getting, like, uh, involved to break this up. No one's up. getting DQ'd for super kicking the ref. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he pulls in a kendo stick and hits Gage and then chooses to just hit his back with a chair as well. Uh, Justice Payne... It hits a lion salt, then he goes to pin, but the referee's still down. So Justice Payne gets mad that the ref's still down and starts caning him as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, and then for the second time, a guy clears the crowd and then... Oh, man. So I forgot to say this in the Trent Acid match. Because it's one of the stupidest spots I've ever seen. So there's a spot where Trent Acid is like going to do a moonsault, but he clears the crowd in front of the like face yeah, yeah, yeah. that he's facing when he looks at the turnbuckle. Because he knows that he's about to get countered. So he goes up, jumps on the top, and then White Lotus pushes him into the crowd that he just cleared. But it's like, why would you do that if you thought you were hitting a moonsault? Yeah, definitely. And it's I very thought, odd. I thought it was so dumb then. And then for the second time in the night, Justice Payne does the exact same thing. Clears the crowd, and then Nick Gage knocks him off the apron into the crowd he just cleared. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, I know it's fake, but we gotta... Yeah, you gotta maintain the you know suspension of disbelief, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, they wrestle to the third corner of the arena, one we haven't seen so far, and they're climbing some sort of like weird scaffolding attached to the building when it just unexpectedly breaks and Gage just like free falls to the ground. It, it wasn't that high up, but it was like, Christ, man, <laughs> like, you yeah. should test scaffolding before you just climb it mid-match. Yeah, they absolutely don't, do they? They turn up like three minutes before and like, is everything safe? I'm like, yep. That looks cool. <laughs> yeah, that looks, I'll climb that. <laughs> Uh, they wrestle back to the ring. Justice Payne hits a patented tornado DDT on Gage, and then they start having just a fast-paced normal match. Uh, Gage hits his choke breaker, which just always looks good on Justice Payne because he's so skinny, and you can tell he's like bending his back over his knee. Uh, and I just think the choke breaker is a cool move in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they go back outside. Justice Payne with an acai moonsault. The crowd is like cleared once again. Uh, and then they go back in the ring. This match was a constant back and in, back and in, back and out. 
Uh, they just couldn't stay in the ring for more than five seconds. Uh, Gage gets control with a suplex, then a fallaway slam, back to the outside, when Justice Kate, Justin Case shows up and hits Gage with a chair, and a random fan just tackles him. This was so fucked. It was like a fan just getting involved. It, I guess he's a big Nick Gage fan. Yeah. Tackles Justin Case, and secure, security just can't get rid of the guy. Like, they're trying to pull him out, and he's... It's almost like, have you seen those videos of, like, uh, a guy just off his head on, like, crack or meth or whatever? And it, yeah. Like, even seven cops can't keep him down? It's that power. It's that super super strength that gives you... Yeah, it's... I mean, I'm surprised it's not happened before, because it turns into, like, a very odd brawl. Well, it's intense. Like it's like yeah. they can't get rid of this guy who needs to be gotten rid of for yeah, the show yeah, to definitely. continue, you know? Yeah, and, he's, and he is, like, there's a load of audience around him, and it's just like, how has this not happened before? Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy that this is the first time. We've had weird incidents, like the woman who bit the wrestler and then ran off. <laughs> yeah. um, but this is like, yeah, getting involved in the crowd, and the crowd are, like, fighting, and, and the cameras can't quite capture it all and stuff, so you don't really know what's going well, on. And you can and even hear someone next to the camera guy being like, oh, that's just a fan. Like, yeah. It, and it makes it... It all seems so real. That's why it's... It was too real that I knew it couldn't have been, like, a shoot. Yeah, yeah, be- definitely. Because it just... How it came across. Uh, and then they regain a semblance of the match. Uh, it's funny. They have a table with broken legs. So they can't set it up normally. So instead, Nick Gage sets up this flat table on two chairs. So it just looks like a smaller table. And then they wrestle to the top uh, top rope, and Nick Gage hits a top rope pile driver through the table. It looks sick. It looks awesome, but so dangerous. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. And like on his head as well. Like it's just straight through the table on his head. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's very dangerous. Looks very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I approve. And Nick Gage with a clean win at 15 minutes 11 seconds. Which I think is the right move. Yeah, definitely. And, and it was, I think it was a really good match. Really fun match. Like, probably the best of the the saga of them that we've had, the feud so far. So, you yeah. think so, hey? I, I don't know. I, I liked the last one only because of all the chairs in the ring. And then the fallaway slam onto the chairs. But, yeah, this might, might have been technically a better match. Yeah, I mean, that was a good moment. But I just I think I had a lot of more fun watching this match, for sure, than I did the, the last one. Because I think... With the last one, I got a bit bored until then all the chairs got thrown got in and it here. got, yeah, it got wild. Um, so, yeah, but I, I think this was the best one. Cool, cool. Well, then we get our hard cut and we hear the announcer saying this is a barbed wire table match. And as he's saying that, these random guys are coming from the back with tables that have three light tubes like uh, across the length of them and then they're wrapped in barbed wire. Yeah. And these things just look fucked. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they look like torture devices for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then Wife Beater is out first and he's coming out drinking like a four liter thing of water out of like a milk jug. Yeah. Uh, and he just looks, I like him, he looks cool. Yeah, Wife Beater does look sick. Yeah, uh, and then afterwards we get... Um, Who's, oh, sorry, Zandig comes out first here. I have it written here. Because, again, he just... I feel like he felt like he came across weak. Uh, and now he's got to challenge just in case to a death match next show. So I guess we have that to look forward to. Yeah, and he looks cleaned up, though. Like, it, 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 I don't know his healing abilities, whether he's, like, Wolverine. Because his back is, like, scar-tissued up and stuff. Like, it's not bleeding anymore. I'm like, bro, what's going on? <laughs> like, what are you? <laughs> There's always the chance that they sh- just shot that in the end of the show and then decided yeah, to oh, put I it guess. in the middle. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah true. True. And and for some reason, by the way, I also have written here when Wife Beater comes out, there's a dude in a Vancouver Canucks jersey. Shout out to Vancouver. 
holding a sign that says wife beater is my role model <laughs> which i'm like imagine this guy's actual wife watching him write that and yeah like, that would be fuck? yeah <laughs> yeah you're like don't you don't understand you don't go and then she's like oh is that the one with trent acid like shut up yeah shut up you ain't stop talking about trent acid <laughs> i don't care if you like his ass yeah <laughs> it's nice but stop talking about it <laughs> And then we get Lobo out in classic Venom attire. Yeah, or, you can't beat the Venom shirt. It's so good. It's just like... I want one, you know. It's prime sleepover material. <laughs> like, you wear that at your friend's um, but th- that house to sleep out. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I love Lobo. Yeah, me too. And this is for, for the CCW Iron Man Championship match. White Feeder starts on offense when Lobo reverses behind him, gives him a wedgie, just ripping his underwear off. This is like the spot from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where his his underwear is so deteriorated it just rips off of his body. Yeah. It's just disgusting. I don't think wife beater wipes his ass. He's not a wipe beater. Like nah, he's he's, he's got dirty underwear for sure. I don't I hope it was for like a bit. I hope it was a bit cuz his underwear's not nice. I think it was just a bit. Like it was like what they were going for. Like I mean it isn't It's Always Sunny joke and, I, and it was a bit. So I'm assuming it's a bit. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Uh, Lobo follows it up with a spinning heel kick, clotheslines wife Peter to the outside and then throws him into a wall. And hits him with this thumbtack bat. Like, someone gives him a bat just covered with thumbtacks pointing outwards. And he hits Wife Beater in the chest. And, like, six of them just stick to his chest. I was like, Christ, man. Like, what a just random weapon for someone to bring to a show. Yeah. It's a good start, I think. Because, like, I don't know. You expect a Lobo to get beaten up. Yes. Very quickly. But it's nice to give him a bit of, like, oh, is he actually going to? And then, obviously, what happens next is... Mm-hmm. Brutality. Well, after that Cronus match last week, where he just was a punching bag. Yeah. The, the last two shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what Lobo is. I think like he's just Homer, mm-hmm. where he can just take a, an absolute beating. He seems and keep going. Yeah, and so White Beater gets in control outside. He sets up a chair table and uh, puts just straight power bombs Lobo through two chairs. Looked brutal. Uh, and then he starts in with the chair shots of his own, puts two to Lobo's head before just lifting him up and throwing him into a pile of chairs. This is where Lobo starts turning into oh, yeah, sack of shit mode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the mountain is is crushing his head in. And yeah, they set up a tube table next to the apron, and the camera. Oh, it's almost like the cameraman like loses his grip with the camera just as they go through it, and both guys fall off the apron through this like fucked up light tube table, and the camera completely misses the shot <laughs> as the crowd's going crazy. Um, but that's fine because the the next thing that happens after is they set up another the other barbed wire table at the bottom of the same eagle's nest that we saw Rick Blade go through a couple weeks ago. The infamous they climb, eagle's nest. They climb up to the eagle's nest, but bump up there a bit before Wife Beater does a full gorilla press and just throws Lobo off. It looks like a ten foot drop. Yeah, and, it's so sick. And the only thing you can land on is this barbed wire table. It's good. I mean, yeah. That, he could have landed on the floor and really hurt himself, but he landed on the table and still just hurt himself. <laughs> I imagine, like, yeah, it, but it's so sick. It, it is so a great good. spot. Yeah. yeah, it's an awesome spot. Like, it's it's incredible. Yeah, there's like three seconds of Lobo just flying in the air where you're like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then because this was a table match, that just is the end. Your winner and new Iron Man Championship at 8 minutes and 48 seconds, the wife beater. And I gotta say, I don't mind that. I I'm know, happy with him being the champion, for I, sure. I yeah. know it's Lobo's title, but I mean, the way they're building him in Zandig, it feels like a title versus title situation. And I, I just think he's a good cha- a good guy to have a belt on. Yeah, definitely. Like Especially because those are the only belts that fit 
mm-hmm. a man with that circumference. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed this match. That final spot is incredible. It's um, it's so awesome. Uh, yeah, I the just... way he just gets thrown through and like there's there's serious airtime for Lobo. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel so bad for him. Um, but fuck him. Who <laughs> yeah, this is wrestling. This is yeah. CZ fucking W, baby. <laughs> yeah, so then we get our hard cut, and now we're getting the backstage promos that are becoming more common on the shows. So, uh, backstage, it's Wife Beater, Smack Mac, Justice Payne, and Just In Case in, in, like, a who's got the worst haircut competition. Yeah, it's so bad. Like, just Smack Mac, like, appears to have, like, a Donald Trump wig. Like, an even <laughs> worse Donald Trump wig. He looks like a Paul brother... Um, it's a terrible dye job. Yeah, they all have really bad hair. One of them, the Kashmiri bro, has like the gelled tips at the end, <laughs> and you just like this is, this is the nineties. Like it's so nineties. What's going on here? And this is the year two thousand as well. <laughs> like I guess it's just a hangover. So it, it, it's crazy. Yeah. And they're, they're showing off the table that they put Lobo through earlier, where it just looks all fucked up and destroyed. Uh, but all awful promos. None, none of these guys can cut a promo. Just a waste of time. Yeah. Then we get a cut, and it's a Shane Brothers promo. They they want a rematch with the Haas bros. Nothing to say here. And finally, Lobo is asked how much he has left in the tank. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I've been throwing off higher stuff than that, man. And it's like, all right, Lobo. I, I, I'm so curious what's going on with this guy's life today, you know. Yeah, I don't think I, he ever mentions it. I don't think. I think if someone says, Are you Lobo? He goes, I've, I don't know that name. I don't, I don't know, know what you're you, talking yeah, about. Yeah, you've got me mixed up with someone else. Whether that's CTE or he, gen, he just doesn't want to remember it, yeah, yeah. it is up for debate. But yeah, I don't think he wants to acknowledge it. I agree. Uh, if he's alive. Hopefully. That's, that's a big think, if. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of CZW March Violence. And I will say the name delivered. We got yes. some really just gratuitous violence. Yeah, for sure. It was like I'm. It was in the month of March, which is why I presume Zandig went for the name. <laughs> but also, it was just like a march of violence. I love like there was May Madness or May Mayhem or whatever, and I yeah. got it because there's the alliteration. But he's like, "What about March violence? Yeah, there's <laughs> violence in March. March violence. Let's go for it, baby." Yeah. So what? What do you give this one out of seven? Uh, I think it's a one. A one point seven five, I think. Mm. I think I, I, and a lot of that is Rick Rick Blade slide into the ring. That <laughs> for sure did a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, I think the wrestling was really good, um, but I I can't crack two for something that still has such bad production values. I agree with that. Right. I have I have one point five written here, which yeah. if you know is twice as good as the last show we did. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that is improvement, and there were lots of good matches. There's lots of stuff I liked, even like the NFL, even. Because a lot of the time, the bad stuff is so bad, it'll drag it down. Like, yeah. It's offensively bad. I don't think anything was, like, offensively bad on here. Uh, it was definitely offensive. Well, well yeah, there was of no, course. There was no offensively bad, that's for sure. I, I more meant the wrestling, yeah. I mean, yeah, you did get actual offensive slurs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But no, when it comes to, like, the tag match was good, the the staple gun match was good, the main event was good. There was better matches than there were bad matches. Like, there were, there yes. were more good matches than bad matches, which is a real rarity in CZW. Mm-hmm. And if they could only... And he, this might have even hit two for me if the production wasn't so bad. Like, yeah. by their own standards, it's so below... So, what can I say? Especially in that arena, where, like, mm-hmm. if you're going to do that camera angle, you can't see it a lot of the time when it gets <laughs> to, like, the good shit. Like, you just can't see what's going on. So, yeah, hopefully they, they improve. All right. Well, hey, this is being Comics in the Combat Zone. I'm Jordan Ducharme, at FunnyJordanD on Instagram, if you want to follow anything I'm doing. Uh, and I'm Ben Stead, at Pink Hoverboard on Instagram. 
And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.